Welcome back, folks, to the Wagme Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Colin Garini, joined by my other co-host, Nick Musto. Nick, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Oh, this is going to be a sour one for you. Guess who beat you, buddy? I did. I can't. I, I honestly am in disbelief. Like, I, I was it's hard. It's hard to lose when you have 40 burger from Justin Fields. I just... I'm I'm in pain. I'm in pain, man. I'm in so much pain. Drake London catches his ult like well, he hasn't done anything for like ten weeks. It was a good matchup. Sudden, good matchup. What can I tell you? Deontay Foreman runs for 130 yards on me. Well, he did it two weeks ago against the same team. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no. So congratulations, Nick. You did score the second most points in our league last week. However, you lost. Um, that's yeah. just what happens when you play my team. We're getting in stride. I'm really ecstatic about the emergence of Justin Fields. CD Lamb helped me with putting another 40 bomb on your head. Uh, yeah, I mean, your team, everybody scored in double digits. You exceeded the amount of points you were expected to score, and you had a perfect lineup. Like, you didn't have any points on your bench. However, you still lost. Um, so just digress those emotions and get them next time. I'll cry about it. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Uh, so the, the Wagner war zone is heating up though. Uh, I yeah. am five and five. I am this, I'm still one spot out of playoffs. However, I made a couple maneuvers these last few weeks. I got Devonte Adams. Who's a dumbass. Hey, uh, he'd made the trade and he has remorse about it afterwards, but, it's finalized. I got Devontae Adams or Deontay Foreman. And who was the Oh, Alan Lazard. He's not even starting Foreman. Well, it's, yeah, I don't know. He, didn't he essentially traded Lazard for Adams if he's not going to start Foreman. Essentially, yes. Uh, but I'm ecstatic to have Tay on my squad. I feel like he's going to be a top three receiver the rest of the year. Uh, 31 targets in his last two games. Yeah. More more to come without Waller or Renfro for the near future. It's ridiculous. That trade's ridiculous. I don't want to talk about it. I'm still heated about it. I play him this week. So um, if he beats me, I'll, I'll be sour because I, on paper, it looks like I should dominate him, especially. Oh, you're going to smack him. He does have Deontay Foreman in his lineup as of this. Oh, we moved him. You are right. Yeah. Probably because I said that in the chat. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, he lost Dallas Goddard. I feel confident heading into this week. I got to change my team name. I just realized it's still mixing it up for Joe Mixon, but yeah, he's no longer on my team. I just realized the only players that I drafted on my team are CD Lamb and Tony Pollard. That's how much I believe in these Cowboys. Those are your only players left that you've drafted? Literally. Like you know, Elijah Mitchell. Um, but, you know, he's useless at this point. I guess I have Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones, Hawkinson, and Godwin, and Ken Walker. Those are my four that I drafted that I still have. Not much better, but that's still a solid four. All right, let's uh, get started here. Huh? Week 11, your start at quarterback. All right, my start for quarterback this week is Dak Prescott. I'm going into Minnesota to play the Vikings. They've allowed 21-plus in three out of their last four matchups to the quarterback position. Dak, if he can avoid throwing interceptions, is going to beat that number, that 21 line. Uh, I'll take the over on that. 
this week. I think CeeDee Lamb has a good game. I think Dalton Schultz has a good game. And I think that we see a little bit of regression from Pollard because of the return of Zeke. There is a timeshare there. It's not to be overlooked. But yeah, Prescott in line is a great start this week. Is something about Dak in a dome that just makes me confident in him. Uh, Minnesota does have a somewhat – they're a mediocre defense, really. I mean, they're spot-on average. Um, mm-hmm. My start at quarterback is Lamar Jackson, home against Carolina. Look, obviously you're going to start Lamar Jackson, right? But it really hasn't been pretty since week three um, after scoring over 80 points within between weeks two and three. He's a QB one both of those weeks. He's, he has not registered a top eight quarterback weekly finish since then. Um, only one game over 18 points since week three. He bounces back. Um, Gus Edwards is back. I, I just feel a big day coming from Lamar. I think you're going to see 100 rushing yards to touchdown. You know, your typical big Lamar Jackson day. I think this is one of his weeks. Yeah, and he needs Mark Andrews back, and it's looking like he'll play this week. Also, thanks for the advice on starting Watson over um, Gus Edwards. <laughs> hey, the dude's hot. I mean, five He's touchdowns hot. in four days. You can't do much better than that. Can't ask for much more from a rookie. All right. My running back start of the week, Devin Singletary going up against Cleveland. This game has been moved to Detroit. Um, I made this um, start before the game was moved to Detroit out of Buffalo but I'm still going to go with it. I think that the matchup is good. The Browns are one of the worst against the running back position so far for fantasy. I think they're ranked 28th overall. Um, So fourth in points allowed to the running back position. Um, Singletary, two touchdowns last week. We have McDermott saying that they need to run the ball more in his most recent press conference. Um, I don't think that means run it with Zach, um, Zach Moss, run it with, um, James Cook more or Naheem Hines more. I think it means run it with Singletary more, obviously. And good things will come for him this week in a great matchup. My start of the week at running back is David Montgomery. He just got his sole backfield back to himself. And when he gets the volume, he is a very good fantasy option. Uh, Khalil Herbert was placed on the IR with a hip injury this past week. That means Montgomery gets his monopoly back. Uh, we've seen his snap share. And his total amount of touches just deteriorate over the last few weeks. Only 10 touches. uh, That's the least for the season in games that he's fully played. Um, So he's going to bounce back in volume. He's still a good running back. Don't don't get us wrong. Um, And the matchup against Atlanta, I just like. Atlanta is one of the top 10 worst defenses in guarding running backs in fantasy football. So, yeah, David Montgomery is my start of the week at running back. All right. Um, I like that, especially with Khalil Herbert on IR. Um, Brandon Ayuk going to Arizona. Ayuk has had over 80 yards in four straight weeks. He's been fantastic. Fumble last week. Um, did not get put in the doghouse, which is always a concern in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Um, they kept going to him. I like Ayuk this week. He seems to be the better receiver to have in in San Francisco and Arizona's like average against fantasy receivers so far this season and um, it's most likely that Byron Murphy will be shadowing um, Debo Samuel and not Ayuk so that just benefits Ayuk even more 
you're all aboard Ayuk, and I can't blame you. He has simply been outperforming Debo Samuel over the last month of football, and I, I wonder if Debo's injury has still been impacting him. Nonetheless, Ayuk's been a very relevant fantasy receiver this year. I wish I had more of him on, on my portfolio of teams, but I don't. Um, I'm staying with a West Coast team here. My start of the week at wide receiver is Joshua Palmer. He is still, you know, he had an underwhelming Sunday night football this past week, three for 44 off to, or off eight targets. So not very efficient of him. He wasn't in sync with Justin Herbert, but I still think he's a lead receiver. Um, I have to check the health of, do you know if Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, anything's been said if they're, Mike is practicing in limited fashion as of yesterday. So it's much more likely that Williams is back than, than Allen. Right. Um, so nonetheless, they're going to be limited. I mean, I don't think either of them are going to be thrown the whole kitchen sink. Um, yeah. Sunday against Kansas city. So I still think Joshua Palmer's the wide receiver one in this offense um, for another week. And Kansas city has allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. I like him a lot, eight-plus targets in his last three games. I, I see him hitting that mark once again and doing a little bit more with him this time. Yeah, um, I think the return of Mike Williams does not affect Palmer nearly as much as the return of Keenan Allen. So if Mike's back and Allen's not, I think Palmer's still a fantastic start. Um, but say it was the other way around, Allen's back, Mike's not. I think that that affects Palmer just a, a little more because of where he operates in the offense. Uh, um, what's it? Uh, Justin Herbert's averaging like 43 pass attempts per game. Yeah, now and he's completing the same percentage he did last year. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a one wide receiver offense by all means. Really, yeah. it's three. Um, and so Josh Palmer is still a top, top end target there. Um, I'm going to go to my start of the week at tight end, Greg Dulcich, going up against the Raiders, let down last week, someone that I've been high on, and I think you have been as well for the past couple weeks, just based on his first two performances of the season. Um, but Vegas allows the fourth most points to tight ends. I think Dulcich can have a bounce back game here, especially if Judy's out. Um, he'll be the number two option in this offense. It's risky, but he's someone that's in my lineup this week in a couple couple leagues. I just like his upside a lot, especially as a tight end. Um, if you need a streamer, each week Greg Dulcich projects as one of my favorites just because of his upside, uh, his athleticism, and his role in that offense is important. My, I'm going to stay in the same division. My start of the week at tight end is Foster Moreau. So both of us are picking some less elite options, uh, more middle of the pack, mediocre options, but I'm confident in Foster Moreau going forward. Uh, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller are both out. We mentioned that earlier in the show. Moreau is the de facto second receiving option in the offense, like it or not. Last week, he did find the end zone for the first time this year. Only four targets, but he handled three of them for 43 yards and a score. And this week he gets a Denver defense. Um, you know, that's been pretty average against tight ends this year. I just think his volume is going to warrant a start. And I think he's one of the safer streaming options. I agree. I, I don't remember his stat line from last week, but I remember it being good. I think he scored the teens. Three for 43, one touchdown, 13 and a half points. 
Yep. That's, that's, you, you love that out of your tight end position, especially someone off waivers. I'll take um, let's move on to our sits. Uh, quarterback, my sit this week is Russell Wilson. I know it's the Raiders, but Russ has been bad and he did torch the Raiders previously this season, but I am concerned about what he's going to be able to do with limited receiving options. I like Sutton. I like Dulcich. I don't know if I like Wilson this week. I've kind of changed my um, opinion on him as the week went on. It's funny that you say that because I'm staying in the same game. Derek Carr is my sit of the week. Uh, Carr only scored, let's see, in week three or week four, excuse me, against Denver. Yeah, Las Vegas exploded for 32 points there most of the season. But Derek Carr didn't have a touchdown passing. That was the Josh (laughs) Jacobs game where he started his onslaught on rush defenses. And Derek Carr only totaled 11 and a half points. I mean, Denver's been one of the actually the best uh, defense when guarding quarterbacks this year, letting up an average of less than 11 points per game in fantasy. Look, the secondary is elite. Derek Carr is not case closed. Yeah, you can't throw on the on the Broncos, and especially if you're Derek Carr, you can't throw on the Broncos. Um, without without all their weapons, like I'm not yeah. going to talk down on Derek Carr. He's he's a good quarterback in real life, but fantasy, um, you know, he he could throw for 300 yards, but one touchdown, and what does that net you? 16 points. Um, his yeah. upside's capped. I think. Carr is the definition of a middle of the pack quarterback. Like, right. He's just, he, he can't win you weeks against great defenses. Like, it's just something you have to avoid. Um, I'm going to go to my sit of the week at running back Najee Harris, um, Cincinnati. Good run defense. Um, last week, we saw Najee Harris have his best game of the season in a yards per carry and yards per game um, standpoint, 99 rushing yards. But there was a split with Warren and with the knee pain that Najee has accumulated over this um, over the week, I'd be concerned that Warren gets more touches and takes away from Najee. Najee also did not have a catch last week. If you take out what what did he have like a 36 or 39 yard run or whatever, Najee's just on par for the rest of the year. Um, He had a couple of chunk runs, but yeah, it wasn't (laughs) great other than the big one. The, the split with Warren is what I'm more concerned about. Yeah. And I, I, you said it well. He's just not a good option this week. Um, I'm going to stay in a split backfield. I am sitting Michael Carter this week. He is traveling to New England with the Jets. Um, James Robinson, this is like the fourth week that Robinson has been with the New York Jets. And I, I think you're after this bye week, uh, two whole weeks to prepare. I think you're really going to see his, his timeshare increase because he is a great running back. Um, that's not saying Michael Carter isn't efficient himself, just saying he's, he's going to lose some opportunity to Robinson. And then in four or three weeks ago in week eight, when New England and New York squared off for the first time, Carter underwhelmed. And that was the first game where he had, he was a lead role in the backfield. Um, you know, that was the week they traded for James Robinson, but Michael Carter was still going to be the feature back. He only accumulated 10.1 points. Um, he was targeted seven times too. So not the best of weeks for Michael Carter. Yeah. I think that both James Robinson and Carter should be avoided, um, 
for the time being, at least until we can see one kind of usurp the other, because like it's too similar right now. And Robinson's too new to the offense to just like, all right, I trust another him. another good thing I should probably mention is New York's allowing or excuse me, New England is allowing the, the fewest fantasy points for running backs this year. That's true. Um, I'm going to move on to the receiver sit of the week for myself. Jacoby Myers, same game against the Jets. You can run on the Jets. You can't really throw on the Jets for some reason this season. Um, I think it is because of the acquisition of Sauce Gardner. Jacoby's going to get lost in the sauce. It ain't happening this week. I I like the running backs for the Patriots, not the receivers. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had success against them a couple weeks ago. He did. But it came the hard way. I think he, he had like 13 targets or whatever, and 60 yards stemmed from it. He, he was pretty much shut down. If he didn't visit the end zone, it would have been a rough fantasy week. Yeah, My he sit, went nine for 60 in a touchdown. Um, but it was on 13 targets, and that's a very low yards per reception. Right, and he even lower for yards per target, obviously, which is another good metric of measuring efficiency in a game. Um, we already mentioned this player's team uh, just a moment ago, but Deontay Johnson is my sit of the week. I, I'm just not having it. He's the wide receiver 40 in PPR, the wide receiver 55 in standard scoring. I mean, he has just been awful this year. He can't get loose. I mean, last week we saw him have a have a decent chunk play. Um, that was the first week that he really averaged over 12 yards per catch in any given game. Week one, I mean, he was targeted 12 times against Cincinnati. We just talked about inefficiency. 12 targets, 55 yards. Um, Johnson, you know, he's a volume hog. He's got he's top five in the league with targets per game. Uh, but he's just not doing anything with them. And so he's out of my lineup once again. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm not starting downtown. I think I, I, I said it after like week three or something like that. Pickens is the wide receiver to have in this offense. And I still believe that it's um, the role, like the role that they each play um, yeah. is just contrasting enough to make that claim. Johnson still has that short yardage like get the first he's he's he is the move the sticks receiver still whereas pickens gets the deep targets pickens gets the end zone targets pickens is better than him um all right i'm gonna move on to my tight end sit this week kyle pitts against chicago um it's really hard to throw outside on the bears which is where we see kyle pitts run most of his routes Pitts has not been good this season aside from one or two games. Um, pick your poison with a touchdown. There's always that chance. And that is kind of what you look like look for in a tight end. But I think there's better streaming options. I'd prefer to play both of our streaming options in Dulcich and Moreau over Pitts this week. That's a tough pill to swallow, but it's probably <laughs> one that I'm taking um, morning and night. But another thing with Deontay Johnson, I, I want to chime in just to – depict how terrible he's been six straight weeks outside the top 35 wide receivers you probably drafted him in like the fifth round um as your wide receiver too not a good return on investment um my sit of the week at tight end dawson knox 
Last week, he did have his best week. He saw a tied for a season high six targets, tied for a season high four receptions, um, and a season high 57 receiving yards. So that sounds like a great day at the office, but still less than 10 points. Um, he's still very touchdown reliant. I mean, that's all he is. Cleveland's allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. I'm just, I just don't sense a Dawson Knox touchdown this week. And so therefore you sh- he should be left out your lineup. Yeah, I agree. I have avoided, I, I haven't touched Dawson Knox. He has not touched a roster that I have this season. And I like that. Likewise. Um, Rest right. of season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead and introduce it. So this is a guy that I'm really high on for the rest of the season. Um, Chris Godwin mentioned him as a buy low a few weeks ago. I don't really know how low you can buy him now just because he did get his first touchdown of the year. Um, There's no way that he could possibly end the season with no touchdowns. And I do think that he finishes with like four, five, six touchdowns. And that means all of them come in the next six weeks, seven weeks. Like it's going to be a very good finish for Godwin Um, he had said in an interview that he has not been healthy all season until last week and coming out of the bye he is going to be on fire I think this offense is getting into a groove they have a bit of a running game now um, with Rashad White and hopefully a healthy Leonard Fournette they got that going against the Seahawks I would expect this to open up the pass game Brady loves to play action and if Godwin's healthy coming out of the bye, more time to rest. Like this is a guy that's been a top 10 receiver for the past four seasons. I'm a huge Chris Godwin fan. I mean, you know that we both know that Um, he's just very consistent and he, you call him all reliable. That's your nickname for him. And you're absolutely right. He he's guaranteed double digits guaranteed to lead the bucks in targets and likely receptions every week. Um, it's just, yeah, those, those breakaway plays, they, they have to come for him to be a quality option down the road. I think you're going to start seeing that as we get down the stretch. Yeah, uh, his, sorry. His ahead. rest of season schedule is very good as well. Um, he's got Cleveland, New Orleans, San Francisco. There's a tough matchup. Their defense has been suspect of late. Cincinnati, Arizona, Carolina, and Atlanta. Playoffs are great with Cincinnati, Arizona, and Carolina. Um, I would I would be targeting him if your trade deadline has not passed. So I, too, am taking an NFC South wide receiver as my rest of season uh, heat streak, really. Uh, that's Chris Olave, the rookie from Ohio State, now in the New Orleans Saints. I mean, last week he did have his poorest week of the year scoring just seven points calling in three or five targets 40 yards um he finished as wide receiver 60 so it's an odd time to say that he's he's heating up but i think you're going to see a a really strong finish um to a a very well decorated rookie season no michael thomas for the rest of the year jarvis landry back i think helps alave you know there's less pressure Mm -hmm. on him to do the heavy lifting and you saw at the beginning of the year what kind of talent he was uh, between weeks three and seven, every game above 15 points, um, just monstrous outputs. I mean, he, he has games of, with targets 13, 13, and 14 this year. I mean, they're willing to lean on him heavily, 
And I think once we get down to the stretch, I mean, we're, we're in the second half of the season. There's no more figuring it out. It's sticking with sticking to your guns and working with what actually works. And Chris Olave simply works. And, uh, you know, I don't even care what his remainder season schedule is because he's a lead receiver there. He's going to get the volume to be an elite wide receiver too for the rest of the year. I think I, I like, I really like this pick. Um, I own Olave in one league where I am contending. Um, he's been fantastic for me as my fourth wide receiver. Um, but I think they need Jameis back under center. It, the you'll, last three you'll weeks, see it happen. I, you'll see it happen, I think. The last three weeks have not been terrible. Well, last week wasn't good against Pittsburgh, but that, that was just a terrible game for the Saints. The Steelers defense shut them down. Um, but Las Vegas, supposed to be a juicy matchup. He went 5 for 52. Baltimore, another good matchup, 6 for 71. Now, you're not, you're not going to lose with 13 points out of Olave, but those matchups should provide more points. And I, I do think that he needs Jameis Winston to be able to do that. Hopefully he sees that change. Um, I think that is coming. So do I. Um, I feel like he was unfair. I mean, I don't know. Andy Dalton did play well initially taking over the position. Um, but I, I think Jameis deserves the rock again. Andy Dalton poo-poo. Um, all right, I'm going to move on to my rest of the season letdown. Um, I just have it listed here as all Chiefs receivers um, simply because of their playoff matchups. And I've noted as all Chiefs receivers because of the addition of Kadarius Toney, I do think that this takes away from Juju's target share. Even if it's not that much this season, it's still something. And that coupled with these awful matchups and playoffs, Houston, good matchup, Seattle and Denver. Um, those Seattle has proven that they are a very tough pass defense. And Denver obviously is the best in the league at defending receivers. Um, it's really not great for the Chiefs. And the rest of the season rankings, aside from playoffs, are not good as well. Um, with Kadarius Tony there, it's hard to tell who's going to get end zone targets. It's hard to tell whether or not Juju's going to move out of the position that he's playing and play more outside instead of just kind of shadowing Kelsey down the middle of the field. Um, it's I'm I'm nervous about what's coming simply because of what we saw at a Tony last week and the ensuing matchups. I I, I think it's funny that you said that because a week ago you were yeah. trying to tell me you and I both were on board with Juju being a wide high end wide receiver too. Um, now that's cooled off and it did look like he got decapitated this past week. Yeah. Um, so so I I I can say that I'm cooling off with Juju and I don't I don't think I'm back to the narrative that the Chiefs receivers are just too unstable unstable to start on a weekly basis. So yeah, I'm with you. My, I think this player is just going to fall off for the rest of the year. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, I, I think, you know, he's missed the last two games. And I think what you saw in these last two games is that Tony Pollard is a very capable back, much better than Zeke, um, way more efficient. And he still isn't doing like a lot of heavy lifting. I mean, you saw them use what Malik Davis, was that his name? Yeah, um, Davis was still utilized so that the two running back system is still implemented. Um, I'm not saying that Zeke is is going to be the 
you know, getting less touches or, or snaps rather than Tony Pollard. I I'm saying that Tony Pollard is going to gain more of a 50, 50 share. I mean, at the beginning of the year, it was more like 60, 40 and Zeke's favor. I think it's going to be 50, 50. I don't see Zeke getting 15 touches a game and Dallas's schedule is just horrendous really um, over the back half of the season. I mean, you kick off things with Minnesota and New York, two elite defenses against fantasy running backs, and you finish with matchups with Philadelphia, Tennessee, and Washington, uh, three defenses that are, are fairly successful at guarding running backs in fantasy football. And I think that coupled with Tony Pollard's emergence, I feel like Tony deservingly is going to uh, receive a higher usage than he did in the first couple of games shared with Zeke. Um, I'm cold towards Ezekiel Elliott to finish the season. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I am not high on Zeke to finish the season at all. Um, but I do think that his return and the terrible matchups also plays into the fact that I'm not high on Pollard rest of season, really, just because it will be a close to a 50-50 split. And Pollard, while unlike Zeke, does have the ability to break one of those 10 carries for a 60-yard touchdown, but you have to bank on that, really, for him to produce for you if he's in this kind of split in these terrible matchups. Um, you're, just, you're just upset that Tony Pollard hung 22 points on your head last week and I am because Zeke was supposed to play. It doesn't matter. Tony's a machine. Um, he is. He's less matchup dependent than Zeke, which is why I prefer him. I also think team. Zeke maintains the goal line role. Yeah, probably. Not I mean, something you want if you're a Pollard. Build, but we'll see. We will see. You're just trying to get in my head with Tony. Uh, I'm rolling with my boys here. You should be in your head with Tony. Nah, we're fine. He's my RB2 for the rest of the year, and I'm content with that. Oh, I can, I can change that if you want. I have uh, plentiful, bountiful running backs. Talk to me after this. Uh, but do you have anything else you want to say other than good luck? Nope, good luck. That's all. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, have a good week 11, and we'll see you next week.